The importance of it, yeah, yeah, we're back to work. I took time off, all the rappers got jerked. Due to the fact they whack in their track, have to go back and stack, cause they lack the ingredients, EPMD and scraps for that. Yo, I'm the hip hopper, plus the show shocker. Down with MD, yes, the microphone doctor. One Rex, the other dissuasion. If you think you're ready to mess, kill the noise. We don't play when it's time to slay. I get a cut from my homie, yo. Then I lay back and mack and all the rhymes I pack. And wait for a sucker to jump and then attack. Well, I'm known to be the master in the MC field. No respect in 87, 88, Chanel. Cause I produce and get loose when it's time to perform. Whack a sucker like mop and glow. That's what it was. Stack the second time, but on a different assignment to do a sucker new jack who needs to rap in alignment cause I'm the cream in the crop when it's time to do a show Curly's on my job for my dope intro as I glance at he double K microphone record turn on my callers say your mic check until the ladies and all party goers some call me Pete then other slow flower brothers on my job for the way I hold a piece of steel so what you saying what you saying Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rob the Genius Podcast. We are here on October 9th, 10th, something like that. <laughs> Second week in October. Well, the first full week in October now. And we are rapidly approaching Halloween, which a day that I have no idea how it's going to go this year. But I'm... Um, We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. <laughs> now this week we are going heavy on the thing I said I would not go like super heavy on, which means I lied. Okay. <laughs> this week we're going to do a whole lot of politics and what I think I'm hopefully going to do, well what I'm hoping is that by going through all this stuff this week that... I will finally scratch the itch to talk about this stuff with you guys. We'll see. <laughs> because look, the, the vice presidential debate was this week. I will definitely talk about that. And just, you know, out there in Twitter land, there have been just some takes that I've just constantly seen thrown around that I want to get to. Um, Money and politics is one of them. Third parties is another one. And uh, term limits, because uh, Chris Rock did a bit about term limits on uh, Saturday Night Live last week. So I'm going <clears> to <throat> get to all of those, but fear not, that is not the whole show. We also have some movie talk. Uh, you know, there's some dates been moving around. And uh, Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman. Had a little something to say about how they're going to be doing that. And then we got NFL stuff too because, oh boy, man, COVID-19 has been doing a number. Particularly on the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> and we'll get to that and just the kind of conundrum they have single-handedly put the league in. So all that and then if by some chance I have any time left and, I, and then... Maybe do the NBA. Maybe. Not promising anything. Definitely get to the NBA next week because the finals will probably be over by the time the next show comes around. So, uh, what you heard bringing us in was EPMD. And you may not 
be familiar with EPMD if you're well once again as always if you're in my age group you know who EPMD is and yes they are yet another New York rap group from the 80s and 90s okay I, I haven't run out of them yet <laughs> getting close but <laughs> have not run out yet there are still more New York rappers from the 80s and 90s I will eventually get to them all <laughs> but not yet here's another there are another one in the books though I think you'll enjoy EPMD and as always you should if you have not heard EPMD you should go check them out if you have not heard them in a while then go back and get reacquainted like I always do when I go through the music for the week so that with that being said okay well before I get rolling uh, I do have to give a shout out to my man DJ the uh, mindless musings podcast we were on there well I was on there again talking some pro wrestling always fun to be a part of that so do check that out uh, we talked about the uh, NXT TakeOver and some stuff going on on Monday Night Raw and WWE. So, you know, go check that out after you've listened to me now. <laughs> but anyway, all right, so we're going to get back to the EPMD stuff, and then we will get into the show. Chill, chill, chill. Let your concert be free and get down to the sounds of EPMZ. But you should keep quiet while the MC rap. But if you're tired, then go take a nap. Take a nap. Stay awake and watch the show I take. Because right now, I'm about to shake and bang. The E-I-C-K is my name, my spell. Thanks to the clientele, yo, I rock well. I'm not an MC who talking all that junk about who can beat who. Sound like a punk. I just get down and I go for mine. Say check one, two, I run down the line. To the average MC. I'm known as the Terminator, the Terminator, Baker, New Jack, Terminator, destroying a ploy, when your rhymes are not void, never sweating your girl, YP, she's a schizoid, when I'm on the scene, I always rock the spot, I grab the steel with the crown on top, in the beginning, I like to let my rhymes flow, and at 12, I press cruise control, sit back and relax, let my rhymes tax, maintain them C's while the double E matters, always calm under pressure, no need to act ill, listen when I tell you, boy, you got to share, all right so uh now for the football talk so we're up to like 23 positive tests from tennessee titans like between players and staff which is not good um they've already had to postpone one game and they keep getting positive tests, so it looks like they're going to have to postpone the next game also. And to make matters worse, they got busted having, like, team workouts when they weren't supposed to be. You big dummies. I mean, <coughs> this is just bad. Bad news. Well, at least, you know, they haven't been big outbreaks anywhere else yet um, the Patriots have a few uh, Cam Newton tested positive last week and now this week uh, Stephon Gilmore who is their best defensive player tested positive 
So he's going to be out this coming week. And Cam may be back soon. He's been he's tested negative a few times since and he hasn't been symptomatic. Um who knows? He'll probably be back sooner than he's supposed to be. But it is what it is. But, you know, in the Titan situation is really causing a problem here. And because you know the facility has been closed ever since the you know the outbreak. So they haven't been well they were they well they weren't supposed to be like practicing working out or whatever. I mean they were and they've gotten busted for it, but still. So now it looks like <clears throat> Two games there's gonna to have to get moved. And there's some real questions about you know what should we do here? Should they make them forfeit these games? Which is kind of what my initial take was that because you know they have been especially irresponsible as a franchise. And you know having them having to take a couple of L's because of that to me makes perfect sense. Yeah, I think it's fair. Um, because you know, they postpone those games, they might they end up playing those teams later in the season. Those teams might have injuries or whatever and end up losing a game that they would have won had they played it on schedule. Um, to me, it's perfectly fine to make them forfeit those games. Now, you know, when I brought that up on Twitter, the question that was thrown back at me was about a competitive balance because by making them forfeit, you're essentially giving their opponents in those games wins, which could affect the standings. Well, which will affect the standings. Um, you know, that's not fair to say the other, the other teams and those guys' divisions. Like, you know, they had a game against the Steelers postponed. If you just gave the Steelers the win, then that's not fair to the Ravens and the Bengals and the uh, Browns. You know, because you're giving the Steelers a win and those teams might play Tennessee later in the season and lose. So that's understandable. Um, so I'm not really sure what to do. But, I mean, the Titans as a franchise should be punished. They should, maybe they lose draft pick. Maybe they, um, get a super huge fine and maybe the players get fined or, or something, right? But they have, as a team, thrown the whole season into disarray. And that shouldn't just, you know, get the slide. You know, so now because of this, the question has come back up of bubble. Can you, can you, cook, up, can you cook up some kind of bubble for the NFL? Um, it would be more difficult than the NBA. You got more players. You know, you got more coaches, etc. Um, well, to me, that's... They should think about it. They should be working on it. And to be honest, um, even if they can't get it together in time for this season, I mean, the rate we're going, we'll have to start next season in bubble also. So, or something, because, I mean... Realistically, realistically speaking, back to normal ain't happening no time soon. So it is what it is. They need to figure that out, and then 
you know, what the players, whatever happened to start the spread. I mean, those players need to do something about that and not do it again. Now, moving along to college, um, LSU uh, head coach Les Miles tested positive, and their next game isn't until next Saturday. So the announcement came out, well, your coach tested positive. Right now, no symptoms. You can go home. But if he's feeling better from the time of the game next week, he can coach it. And, of course, this comes at the same time that I think it was Louisiana. They're basically throwing their hands up and said, screw it, as far as trying to do something about coronavirus. Cause, oh, because they, they pretty much all but eliminated the, the health screening that was going on outside. And they're selling liquor again inside. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they, they've surrendered, basically. Um, so... Tiger games are going to be, I think in a few weeks, they're going to be super spreader events, which is just awesome. It just really is. It's just great. You know, and, um, but they're not, they're not, they don't win the trophy, though. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no. The, the, the crazy train trophy goes to the state of Florida. You know, the governor took off all the restrictions for stadiums so they can go full capacity. That means sixty-five thousand strong for Miami Dolphin games if they if they're inclined to do that, which so far they're not. But sixty-five thousand that will be the mother of all super spreader events. And I tell you what, if they do that, you can count on me never visiting the state of Florida anytime in the next four or five years. I mean, because that is just that's that's bad, that's real bad, and it, it that I mean that's gonna be like that's like gonna be like a nuclear bomb of super spreader events if they get sixty five thousand people in there. You know now, please dolphins, don't be stupid, do the right thing. And while people are joking saying they wouldn't get sixty five thousand there anyway. They might, you know, if they, if they try to go full capacity, they might still get 20, which is bad. So please, Dolphins, do us a favor, please. Don't. I don't care what the governor says. I don't care how many people he tells you can have in there. Please don't do it. Because you know what's going to happen? If you're going to do it, then Vince McMahon is going to try to do it for WrestleMania next year. And then we're going to have another super spreader event. Okay, and that's not good. It really isn't. Because I do not trust people to not go. You will not find me in a stadium during any of these anytime soon. But there are enough crazy people who will go. Even if it's like half capacity, that's still 30,000 people for a Dolphins game. That's still, you know, maybe 40,000 people for a WrestleMania. I, and no, no, we don't need that. Well, I was gonna say we don't want that, but apparently some people do. I don't want it. Again, y'all do that. I, you will not see me set foot in the state of Florida for a very long time, because that place is gonna be like radioactive with, with COVID. So please, for all of us. Don't. Or else we might have to do the Bugs Bunny thing where he saws off 
the Florida from the rest of the United States and lets it flow out to sea. And I don't really want that <laughs> to have to happen. But if that's what we got to do, then that's what we got to do. Sorry, Florida. Um, <laughs> crazy week in the NFL. It is what it is. But um, speaking of not doing something, um, <laughs> I think it's about time for me to not continue doing it on this topic because uh, we're at that point now where <laughs> just be rambling and regurgitating. So gonna hit you with some more music and then we will move on and do some movie talk promise a little movie talk here and we are going to do that because there's some movie news a whole lot of movies <laughs> got pushed back again um this is mainly like dc stuff like the batman is getting pushed back to 2022 this domino effect with the Flash and Shazam 2 and Black Adam all getting moved because of that. And the yeah, James Bond movie, No Time to Die, got moved from this year to next year, which essentially caused Regal Cinemas to shut her down for the foreseeable future. Because here's the thing. You can open up, you can reopen all you want, but until people feel safe going back to the movie theater, they're not going. Because just, there's just no illusion. Like, I mean, the people couldn't trick themselves into going to a restaurant and thinking that, you know, it'll be okay, right? I mean, and plus you can, I mean, you can sit outside or what have you, right? But, you know, there's no sitting outside of the movie theater. You got to sit indoors. And being in a closed space, indoors, not particularly well ventilated with a whole bunch of people during pandemic, airborne virus, just, just not happening. I mean, now, now don't get me wrong. There are people who will go. And, you know, I've, when I've thought it over, I've even thought myself that, that, well, okay, if I go during the week, you know, early in the morning, like 10 o'clock when, you know, the first showing on, on a Wednesday or something, maybe there won't be anybody else there. And if I wait until the third or fourth week that the movie's been out and there's no there's no big rush for people to go and see it now, yeah, maybe I can get in there and there won't be nobody in there. But that's a whole lot of just gambling. Especially now with so many people home. Right? <laughs> so ultimately... Air on the side of not going. And they already found out with the way Tenet did not do well and the New Mutants thing did not do well um, that people just are not here for that. They are not going to risk their lives for no movies. They go to the movie theater. 
so Regal shut her down and everything got moved back now the thing is now why don't they just do you know video on demand instead of making us wait longer and longer and longer well with some of these like like some of these movies are still shooting so like like the Batman right but stuff that's already been finished like the James Bond movie like um you know Wonder Woman 84 and Black Widow and all that. Why not just do those straight to video on demand? Well, Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman 84, came out and said that no, we're not doing video on demand. We're going, we're doing this thing in the theater. You know, she gave some little statement about, you know, we're committed to the theater. Da, da, da. Well, I mean, okay, the reality is that video on demand, that the return on investment on these big blockbuster movies is not there. For going straight to video on demand. Okay. Warner Brothers needs every bit of the. Probably projected one billion dollars. That Wonder Woman 84 was going to make. Now the studio doesn't get the whole gross. They get like 55% or something. Or maybe 60 depending on what kind of deal they cut. But yeah, still. They need every bit of the money they would get. From a theatrical release. And. You know, Disney this year was supposed to have Black Widow and Eternals. And, you know, between the two of them, they probably would have made $2 billion. You know, maybe both make a billion. Maybe one makes a little over and one makes a little less. But still, they you know, between the two of them, they would have made in the neighborhood of $2 billion. Disney wants every dollar of their cut of that, which would be like $1.2 billion, right? And... You just you can't trust the video on demand money yet, not for these larger scale films, right? It just you can't because you know they haven't figured out a price point which will get the most amount of, get enough people to buy, you know, you know rent or buy because that's that's the tricky part, right? I mean, would I pay? You know, thirty dollars to you know get you know black video video on demand, and I own the movie. Sure, everybody's not doing that though, and I mean they're going to be people who you know they see thirty dollars and be like thirty dollars, nah, not really, and then especially when. You know, like if, if they were to put Black Widow out video on demand right now, $30. I mean, yeah, there are people who would get it, but why? There are going to be people who will say, why pay $30 today in October of 2020 when, I don't know, six months from now, it'll just be on Disney Plus, which, which I'm already paying for. And then you got pirating and all that stuff. So no, it's, no, it's just not there. Uh, now, video on demand for smaller stuff, absolutely. Because they're not looking at, you know, needing to gross that much money. Right? And you can put it out there at a lower price. And you can ultimately end up making close to what you were going to make anyway. Like with the, uh, the, the Trolls World, World Tour movie did that, right? But, you know, they Disney tried to put Milan on like a premium tier 
type of situation for Disney Plus, and, and it didn't really work too good. So, they're going to go with what they know. Right now, what they know is you put the movie in the theater, and, you know, if it's good, it gets get word of mouth and all that, you will get your billion dollars if it's Wonder Woman or Black Widow or, you know, whatever. And that's a known quantity. It's a known entity. And they're going to go with that. Now, theaters are in danger. And so what may have... I think you know, I've seen some people kind of projecting that long term, what you're going to have is you're going to have movie studios buying theaters, but but we'll see about that. We don't know about that right now, but right now, it's just you're not going to make the same money going straight to video on demand that you need to make for these big blockbuster movies. So until that happens, we're going to have to wait, and that sucks. <laughs> it really does. Because, you know, I, I I wanted to see Fast 9 this year and, you know, Top Gun and, you know, and Black Widow and Wonder Woman 84, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But, well, if we had gotten our act together and just, you know, done what we we're supposed to do, we'd be a lot closer everything opening back up but no we didn't want to do all that so now we got to wait so it sucks and I blame all of you impatient people who just couldn't wait to go back to a friggin restaurant and eat chicken alfredo in the building anyhow that's enough fun stuff for this week after this we're going to go into the world of politics and stay there for the rest of the show so if you don't really want to hear about politics this is probably a good time to bail but if you do I got a whole lot to say and I'm going to lay it on you and then hopefully I'll be done talking about it for the, for the, for the, for the next few weeks at least be right back Politics talk this week. 
promise I won't I won't keep you too long with this. I promise. <laughs> I was just Chris Rock was on Saturday Night Live, did a whole kind of riff on term limits. That we should have term limits for Congress. And part of the underlying logic was that, well, you know, we wanted we didn't want the president to be a king, so we, we immediately, you know, so from day one, you know, we put limits on the president so he could not become a king. And Chris Rock was not correct. Um, actually, after the American Revolution was over, the founding fathers offered to make George Washington the king. And he said, no, thank you. So, look, while we give George Washington, like, way too much praise and not enough criticism as far as his, you know, the entirety of his life and all the things he did, particularly the whole uh, slave-owning thing, but um, that is one thing that he should get more credit for than he does. Um, it's often just kind of mentioned as kind of a passing thing. It's like, oh, well, he, he didn't he didn't take the offer. Hey. Well... I mean, that was huge. Because he, I mean, he could have been king of America. And, you know, after the war was over, I mean, we were ready. Our, the founding fathers, I shouldn't say we, I wasn't there. But the founding fathers were all set to essentially replace King George of England with King George of Mount Vernon. Except, you know, George of Mount Vernon said no. And then after that, you know, we didn't actually put in term limits until, like, after FDR, because FDR won four elections in a row. And had he been a few years younger and had, you know, not died in office during his fourth term, hell, he probably could run for a fifth one. All right, I mean, that's how much, that's how popular he was, that's how much, you know, indebted felt towards him for essentially getting us out of the Great Depression and all. So, you know, he was eternally, you know, all I do got to say, he's another guy who gets not enough scrutiny for all the stuff he did and did not do, but still. Um, we put in term limits after he won four times. All right. So this was not some great foresight on anyone's part. Right. We dodged a bullet because George Washington didn't want to be king. And it wasn't until after FDR won four times that some people thought, hey, maybe we should um, not let people keep running for president. Now, of course, a lot of that had to do with people who were tired of losing. I mean, if, had, had he tapped out after two terms, then it's, I mean, there's a real good chance that wouldn't be no term limits on the presidency right now. But anyway, uh, I think term limits for Congress is a bad idea because, one, people don't become bad senators after they turn 65 or bad congressmen or women after they turn 65. There are plenty of, you know, 
45 and 50 year old senators and congress women actually i don't know if they're any 45 year old senators but there are plenty of senators and congress people under the age of 60 who are just as bad okay it is not the age that makes you bad it's being bad is what makes you bad right i mean And ultimately, I mean, you can be bad at any age. Now, yeah, now do you slow down when you get older? Yeah. Yes, you do. And there are, yes, and none. And I do think that on average, you know, being 80, 85 years old, ain't, ain't the move, right, for to be in Congress, right? I, I don't think so. But... You ask me, would I rather have a good 80-year-old senator or congressman or a bad 50-year-old one? I'd rather have a good one. Or I'd rather have even just an okay senator or congressperson at 80 years old than a bad 50-year-old. And I don't think we should have to kick people out at, say, 65 and then, you know, replace them with somebody who stinks. But he's 20 years younger. And that's, I mean, that's the reality of it. I mean, there's no guarantee that, you know, kicking out the 65-year-old means the 45-year-old is going to be good. And the 45-year-old might be a corrupt hack. <laughs> right? I mean, no guarantees. And the other thing is, I think, um, the idea that, you know, that these people have been in the Senate forever or the Congress forever, that they have a accumulated too much power um the reality is that power is kind of like energy and like matter um it doesn't vanish or evaporate it sticks around and it just it goes to different places and it takes different shapes and different forms but it doesn't go away So if you, get, if you force out the senators and Congress people early, well, that power that they had, like I said, doesn't vanish. It's going to go to somebody else, and it, it is not going to go to the people. It's not going to go there, because the power that senators and Congress people have is to make legislation. That's where their, you know, that's where their power is. Their power is not, you know, a, a bunch of other stuff. I mean, yeah, they can call in favors for this or that or the other, yes. And, you know, they can get themselves jobs after they're finished, you know. Basically, you know, I mean, yes, I mean, but, you know, Congress can't send people to war. They can authorize it, but they don't send them. Congress doesn't send people out to do, you know, disaster relief or, you know, or doesn't send people out to pollute or not or whatever right or to stop pollution right it doesn't do that their power is in making legislation so if you take power away from the senators and congress people to make legislation that power is going to go somewhere else and where it's going to go is to the people who don't have any limits on their employment because that's how it works. I mean, some of the, the biggest power elected officials have is that it's just it's from being there, just being around. 
you know, being around so that people know that, you know, they're going to have to deal with them. Yeah, look, it just... Here's the thing. Alright, so, like I was saying, you know, the power goes to... who will be there the longest. Mm -hmm. And in the case of, you know, Congress, if the Congress people aren't who will be there the longest, then, the, then that's going to fall to the staffers who and the people you know and who work in their offices and also to the lobbyists who we I know we don't like lobbyists don't do we <laughs> but just by virtue of them being the kind of permanent fixtures involved in crafting legislation you know the power that's taken away by term limiting people in Congress will move to them because they're going to be the ones that know how everything works. They're going to be the ones that understand the language of legislation. Right? That's the thing. And, and I mean, if you've ever read, like, the text of, you know, laws or even, you know, bills that are proposed, then, I mean, it's has all types of crazy verbiage and, and look and it's written that way on purpose it's written that way to be hard to understand and so they can be interpreted a bunch of different ways right I mean and you know even like the best intentioned senator or congressperson who, who really does want to read the legislation before they vote on it and really you know say something about it it takes a while to learn how to read that stuff And it takes a while to make relationships with people in Congress so that, you know, if you can get somebody to vote for something you want and, you know, you return the favor down the road, right? I mean, you've got to form relationships to do that. And it takes time to learn how to talk about stuff on TV and sound like you know what you're talking about. Um... And to make inroads into your state or congressional district so you can better help out your constituents. All that stuff takes time to learn. And you don't learn that in, you know, I mean, to get really good at it, it takes more than, you know, two terms. Right? I mean, it really does. So you, you know, so if you want to, you know, cut these people out right as they're learning how to, you know, they're really becoming experts at this stuff and then replace them with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing because they just got there then the only people who are going to know how everything works are the staffers and the lobbyists and there's a good chance that they end up in cahoots with each other depending on who they're working for and all of that and you don't want that like you don't you don't want a bunch of bills and whatnot that are written up by staffers and lobbyists handed to the you know congressperson or senator 
and then because they don't know really <laughs> how any of that stuff works, they're just kind of rubber stamping it when they vote on it. Now, there are people who do that anyway. Don't get me wrong. There are people who do that after 30 years. But there's a much greater chance of it happening if you keep shuffling new people in there. So, I just don't think term limits are a good idea. In fact, there's some states that have tried them at the state level and they have not. And what I just described is exactly what happens. Um, there are a lot of state level laws that are written up by the NRA or the gas industry or you know you pick a lobby pharma right or you know, and they're just I'm just telling you um, it, it's not good right it's, it's not, when, when you completely discourage gaining any type of institutional knowledge because people aren't going to be there that long anyway then you're just asking for people just to, to run as personalities who don't really know a whole lot about what's going on and who just rubber stamp what's you know handed to them and you don't want that and that that is very likely what is to happen with term limits with people in Congress so that's a no-go for me, and I guess Chris Rock is well-intentioned. I don't think he has bad intentions, but it's kind of a surface-level understanding on his part, and he needs to do better at that, especially with the kind of reach, the kind of platform he has. So that's all there is to that. That's your politics talk for this week, a little civic lesson there. So we're going to move on to something else after this. But sounds making danger and black runs chirping. A real demon omen possessed by the devil. You dig the rhythm and now I'm afraid of running rebel. Change my style so I can freak the funk. Yo, pass the Philly, his squad spot the blunt. I got the power to ramshack a stadium. Even Julie Bell, the Palladia. Yo, I'm from the boondock, so I know it's the flavor. Sometimes I curse, but now I show behavior. EBMD, yo, is in this the witness. A brand new LP, so mind your business. No joking, I'm getting paid fully. You wanna buy the cassette stop by saying bloody yo where's my honey i want to be hard and cause some ruckus talk with the b-boy swing your blast some suckers walk like an egyptian but talk on my still bust i'm going to court make my own appeal i talk as a kid or told never talk to a stranger because i could be a Then I get biz with the new cut Because I can jam like Teddy if you let me A good fellow but still rugged like Joe Pesci My style is mad fucker to the delic With the irrelevant shit that I kick back Flips in me full bitch Dicked up then I dip then I switch You an incredible nigga with the nigga nine on the hip
I always got played by a honey dip, but now I'm on the money tip, so now I call the honey dip, honey bitch, and swing hardcore because that's where I come from, I rock you like chop and burn scrubs like a dumb dumb, remember Red Man, last album I was hardcore, now I'm back to tear the frame out your ass crack, cause I can rap with the tech, with the plenum of wet, and what you see is what you get, and what you get is your ass nigga, hit you with the funk to five figure, like eight plus funk, funk type stuff in your back trunk, punk, yes the Red Man, this what they call me, wicked with the style, you think I have some of palsy, like Cause I freak the styles crazy Lullaby a stupid ass Rock a baby The fucking devil Hit your ass with the level From the new school And still holding my jewels Alright so uh, the vice presidential debate Was on last night And it was not quite the disaster that the first presidential debate was, but in a lot of ways it was very similar, uh, because Mike Pence, who is the current vice president, does not yell like Trump does, but he still talks over and interrupts and, you know, talks past his time. And it was just, it was more of the same, really. Like, it was just as rude and impolite. It was just quieter. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was, it was a quieter version of what Trump did. You know, and Kamala Harris had to, well, she didn't have to. The moderator let him do that. And worse, I mean, she should have been cutting his mic. And you know, and there were times where you know Kamala Harris talked past her time, also, and she could have got her mic cut too. Now, I'm sure she would tell you that she talked past her time because she felt she deserved that because Pence kept talking over his and cutting into her time. But either way, you know, cut the mics. If they're if they're going to interrupt each other, cut the mic. If they're going to talk over their time, cut the mic. And if you do that from the beginning, then you don't have a situation where both of them are talking past their time. All right, period, end of story. And, of course, uh, the whole thing with the fly landing on Pence's head. <laughs> that being, you know... And as things are now, there were Twitter accounts being created for the fly. And, you know, the Biden folks put out a couple of tweets. You know, kind of picking fun at the fly being on Pence's head. I mean, that's how things go now. And his social media folks, you know, deserve a pat on the back for being on top of it. As far as who won and who lost, um, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm voting for Biden and Harris, so unless she just went out there and did a complete face plant, I would say she won. So, you know, looking beyond my own opinion, uh, judging by the polls, like CNN did a poll 
after you know in the aftermath and the majority of that went said that Harris won and there was a uh, interesting gender disparity um, it was like 70 30 Harris amongst women and like 48 46 Harris among men so one of them I mean it's kind of telling that even though there's definitely a sexism gap in the perception even men thought that she won by slim margin or enough slim enough where you could just say it was a tie but that just I mean, it, it's demonstrative of how of just how sexism works uh, and you know Harris having to Harris was a representative for a whole lot of women in the way she had to deal with Pence talking over her and talking over his time and in that kind of quiet you know mansplaining kind of way And that's something that, um, as men, we needed to pay attention to. Because, I mean, look, the women watching saw it, and they identified with it real easy. Because that's their life every day. Particularly, like, in corporate America and all of that. Or even doing any part of the workforce, for real. Because that's kind of what too many of us men folk do. And, you know, as, as I mentioned last week, you know... If enough people in the group, in your group, are doing egregiously bad stuff, then the group going to get criticized. And this is an example of that. You know, Pence did what a lot of men do when they're talking to women at work. All right. You know, talk over them. Talk and talk longer than they're supposed to talk. You know, try to dismiss them out of hand. You know, everything. And, you know, I also saw there's a gender disparity on Twitter from some of the reaction. Uh, there were a couple of, you know, male political people or talk show hosts or whatever who were basically saying that nobody's going to remember this debate in a few days. You know, just completely forgetting that this is only the third time a woman has been in a presidential, some type of presidential debate or Specifically, a vice presidential debate because we had Geraldine Ferraro, had Sarah Palin, and now Kamala Harris. So this is only the third time, and then this is the first time a woman of color was in one of these debates. So these are historical things here, and we haven't gotten to the point yet where. A woman being in either a presidential or vice presidential debate is not a big deal. We haven't gotten to that point yet. I know Kamala Harris is not the first woman in a vice presidential debate. She's the first woman of color, and that matters. Okay, because there are other women of color who are watching her. And, you know, there are other little girls, teenagers, you know, of color who got to see that. 
got to see her up there and and now you know it's not unrealistic to see themselves up there it matters okay just because you know you didn't get the kind of fireworks you were looking for from it doesn't mean it's insignificant and that, I mean that's another example of men being dismissive of women right I mean in this case these guys were looking for something to happen in this debate that didn't happen right I guess they were looking for her to get you know sassy on him or something or you know and that didn't happen so once that didn't happen then you know I guess in their eyes it was insignificant also and then you know she didn't just you know crush him the way that some people wanted her or hoping she would so I guess you know on that end it wasn't a total fail for him because a lot of people because Harris was a prosecutor prosecutor a lot of people were expecting her to just completely slice him up and she didn't do that so I guess if that didn't happen and then like this she didn't get all sassy black woman on him either then I guess for some people the whole thing was uneventful and that's kind of sad really particularly for people who you know are liberals and who you know consider themselves to be on the side of diversity and inclusion and all that stuff I mean part of that is recognizing what's important for people and that, honestly that's the biggest part of it is recognizing what you know whatever the group of people is that's trying to get included more and get more opportunities etc cetera, etc cetera. you know if you consider yourself to be on the side of diversity and inclusion then you're supposed to you know be mindful of what folks are and what's important to people of course that's what happens when you don't talk to us that much you need to talk to us at one point you need to listen to us and then you'll get a better understanding of what's important to us and you know all that good stuff but anyhow uh, the debate was what it was Pence did not look particularly well up there he looked like he had pink eye which you know I don't know if pink eye is a symptom of, you know, coronavirus, but pink eye is not good either way. So, man, he ain't need to be up there for real. Uh, which, of course, brings us to the, the next presidential debate between uh, Biden and Trump. It's supposed to be virtual. They announced it's going to be virtual, and Trump immediately said that he's not doing that because, oh, they can cut your mic off. That's kind of the point, Donald. Well, other than the fact that you are just full of COVID-19 right now. I mean... Well, I mean, come on, dude. I mean... 
if you if the only way you can participate is to be able to is in person and then also to be able to you know interrupt and yell and scream and all that that's the only way you can participate that maybe you just shouldn't all right stay home and you know you know biden you just answer questions for that time but uh in short the vice presidential debate was a good indicator of kind of how far we've gotten on gender issues and how much further we have to go and that's about as far as I'm going to go with this segment (laughs) so on to the music and then on to the next thing total chaos the mass confusion rhymes so hypnotizing on the cause and illusion like a magician he draws a rabbit out of hat son i'm drawing more like a 44 magnet mc free stop looking listen and try to imagine it's traveling the speed of light but everything's motion is frightening plus the thought you alone you now enter dimension called the twilight zone you're terrified plus you can't bear the thought you and i want to one in the land of the lost you start to shiver then you scream my friend you wake up monthly because you're dreaming again but next time i'm on the scene do not try to distance keep your mouth a sucker jaw because i'm strictly business don't just all right gonna do a little more politics here i know y'all are just really dying to hear me talk more and more about this aren't you <laughs> well there's another subject I felt just inclined to really say something about, and that's money. Everybody needs money. <laughs> and that includes people running for office. I know, you know, we always hear a lot about, you know, dirty money and politics and all that kind of stuff. And it's true. There's a whole lot of dirty money in politics. There's a whole lot of money that's, you know, donated legally also that is going towards bad stuff. I'm leaving, you know, to be as generic as I could possibly be. <laughs> but there's a reality that people need money to win. Okay, you have to buy ads. You have to buy yard signs, bumper stickers, all that stuff that people wear around. You know, um, you have to pay campaign workers. You have to pay lawyers. Particularly, I mean, if it's a close election and things are contested and all of that, you have to pay lawyers. And, and nowadays, where you have people, particularly on the Republican side, who are, you know, doing whatever they can to stop people from voting, you need lawyers to challenge some of these statutes and decrees and whatnot in court. You need money for get out the vote operations. There's just a whole lot of stuff you need money for. All right. Um, And also, you need to raise money just to be taken seriously. Because if you got no money, 
then I mean basically you have to pull off a you know inside straight to win I mean a whole lot of stuff has to line up perfectly for you to win if you got no money right, it's not something you can make a regular practice out of doing so with all the stuff you hear about money and politics all that, and it, yes it's bad and yes thanks to you know the uh, Citizens United Supreme Court decision there are really no limits on how people can go about putting money in and you know super PACs are a thing where people can just essentially secretly put money into campaigns that's not good there needs to be just full transparency so we can all find out where your money is coming from if you run for office right now that's not the case um But, even with full transparency, you still need money, because there are things you have to pay for. Where am I going with all this? Real simple. If you, There are a bunch of Senate races all over the country in this cycle. In places, you know, in a lot of unlikely places, too. Uh, South Carolina, Arizona, Mississippi, Kansas. Um... Montana, right, winnable Senate races. Georgia is a winnable Senate race. These are races that normally go for the Republican pretty easily. These are all winnable races this year. Uh, Maine is another one. All right. All of those are winnable. top, the people running need money. Alright, they need you to donate to them, even if it's just a few dollars. Alright, because you know why, your five dollars and my five dollars and, you know, a thousand other people's five dollars is five thousand dollars. <laughs> right, but that that can pay for stuff. Right. You get 10,000 people giving $5, it's $50,000, right? You get 100,000 people, that's five, you know, it's half a million dollars. So half a million dollars can, you know, in some of these states, half a million dollars can buy TV time. <coughs> right? Uh, and in every one of these states, half a million dollars can, can pay staffers for at least a few weeks or something no you need all of this stuff you can't win without it and the other thing is that you know we worry about politicians being beholden to you know certain industries or whatever you know when they get in office well 
they become beholden to certain industries because those industries give them money. So if all of their money is coming from, you know, oil companies or, you know, finance, finance companies or whatever, if that's where their money is coming from, then guess what? They want, once they get in office, they want to stay in office. If the money's coming from one place, then they got to listen to those people. They're going to listen to help got them in office. And if that's not you, then why should they listen to you? That's it, period, in the story. I mean, it comes down to, you know, personal convictions and who supported you. And, it, you know, if you're not somebody that falls into either one of those categories with them, then there's no reason for them to listen to you. fall, you know, even if you do fall under, you know, a group that they, their personal convictions has led them to support, well, they'll listen to you more if you got some money behind you, okay, right, and the other thing is that, you know, if it comes down to, you know, trying their best versus taking that final step that may ultimately cost them their seat in the name of doing the right thing. You know, that support is what can be the difference maker. So yeah, whether you like it or not, money is part of politics. It's going to be part of politics for a long time it's not going away so you can you know sit here and be mad about it or you can get in the game me I I chose a long time ago to get in the game so that's what I'm doing what I've been doing and you need to do it too you know pick who you like Send them some money, you know, five dollar, ten dollar, two dollars, whatever. Got to send them something because they need it, and that's the way it goes. You know, that's my father used to always say, "Money talks, bullshit walks." So. Which one are you going to be with? <laughs> and with that, uh, we'll move on. And be right back after this. In fact, I'm going to play a commercial for you because <laughs> the company that hosts this podcast needs money too. 
be right back. All right, last political topic of the week is that of third parties. And I felt inclined to talk about that because that's what one of the other things you hear people say all the time. Oh, we need a third party. The two parties stink. And, um, well, I will admit that the two parties are both less than ideal. And that, well, I, one of them I do believe actually does stink. <laughs> I mean, and that's not the one that I vote for. But as far as a third party, it's a pipe dream. Um, because, well, first of all, our system is set up to essentially revert to two major parties. And with the Electoral College, what it is for the presidential election, you know, you're still going to have whichever candidate gets the most votes will get all the electoral votes. So if you have three parties, I mean, you can end up with like a 35, 33, 32 split. And end up with somebody elected president with 35% of the vote. Um, and that's just going to be just a really bad kind of situation. You know, and then if you end up with Congress split the same way, I mean, you. Well, it'd be interesting. I mean, you know, because you end up with, you know, with the Senate being 35, 33, 32, and then you get maybe 30 out of the 35 voting for some piece of legislation, and you got to get 21 votes from the other two parties. I mean, um, who knows? I mean, it'd be interesting. Uh, it would, but the real thing, the problem is, though, right now, is that, you know, all the potential third parties, quite frankly, are lazy. All right, they, they show up every four years. All right, the Green Party shows up every four years, presidential election, and says that the Democrats and Republicans are no good, and you should vote for us instead. And, you know, during that whole four years in between elections, they don't do anything. They don't, you know, try to win any local elections. They don't build up any type of organization. You know, they don't do anything that you need to do to actually compete. And the same thing goes with the Libertarian Party, right? You know, I mean, same thing. They show up every four years and they tell you that, you know, the Democrats and Republicans will suck. And you should vote for us, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they don't do anything in between on presidential election cycles to build any organization or win any local races or anything like that either. So, yes, you are throwing your vote away if you vote for either one of them. Because all you're doing is you're voting for somebody with no chance of winning. And before you say, well, I'm going to vote my conscience. Okay, well, here's the thing. We're in a place right now where 
you know, Republican voters are, like, pretty damn loyal. And they will go to the polls and they will vote for the Republican. Unless that dude is, like, really bad. Um, and people who, but the people who are not loyal Republican voters, um, well, they mostly vote Democrat, but there are some who don't, you know, who do vote third party or, you know, whatever. And the problem is that no matter what happens with the people who aren't inclined to vote Republican, the people who do vote Republican always vote Republican. So that Republican candidate is always going to be in the running. And you have to, that's just, that's just the way it is. So the people who are most likely to actually vote for a third party or whatever are people who don't particularly care to vote Republican. So the support is always going to you know, bleed from the Democratic candidate. And if you're not inclined to vote Republican, then if you vote third party, then you're hoping the Republican win. And that's just, I mean, that's just the way it goes right now. Because, you know, like every time people who normally vote Republican, you know, float the idea of voting Libertarian, they never actually do. So now, if you want a third party to be viable, then, well, they need to do the work, okay? And you need to join that third party and help them at the local level, whether it's running for school board or, you know, some other local position, you know, clerk of the court or, you know, local judge or something, like run, right? I mean, they need to win some of that stuff first. And then they can think about winning, like, state legislature or whatever. And then they can think about winning, you know, a seat in Congress or governor or whatever, right? I mean, and then once they've shown they can do that in multiple states, you know, yeah, then they can think about feeling, you know, actually trying to win the presidency. And then you can think about actually voting for them. But as it stands right now... Um, it's not, it, it, it's just, it's, it's a no-go, or it should be a no-go, because, again, those parties don't do the work. All right, say what you will about the Democrats and Republicans, but they put in the effort, you know, all the time. They don't take an, they don't take an election cycle off. They don't take off in between election cycles. Okay, they're raising money, they're campaigning, they're, you know, doing all the organizational things you need to do, you know, to get enough signatures to get on the ballot. And when there's a special election comes up, you know, it takes work to get a candidate in place and campaign for that seat. And these third parties don't do any of that. 
So no, they don't deserve your vote. So no, they do not deserve your vote. And honestly, you know, when I talk to most people, and when you ask them like what they would want in a third party, most of them want basically something almost identical to what the Democrats or Republicans are offering as it is. It's just, you know, they want the good stuff without whatever they consider to be the, the you know, bullshit. So if, I mean, if you're, if, if you're, if that's really what you're about, then you're better off getting more involved in one of the two parties and, you know, working to affect some change, right? Or, you know, vote in the primaries and, you know, that's your chance to, to move the party left or right or towards the middle or whatever. Voting for third parties is a waste. And it's a thing you can do if you're not affected by whoever wins. But if you are affected by whoever wins, then I suggest you pick the one of the two major parties that you prefer, that is closer to how you believe. And I don't count on any of these other parties to do the work to become viable because, like I said, they're too lazy, number one. And number two, you know, the, the, the little bit of, organi- you know, infrastructure they have as far as people running it and all of that, what they basically do is, you know, they show up during the presidential year and try to raise some money. And then, you know, they, they, they um, go live high off the hog on that money that they raise and then, they show back up four years later. So again, it just, it ain't worth it. You know what? Um, maybe one day it'll be different, but right now it isn't. So, look, you just got to choose. You got to choose which one of the two more lines up with who you are. And Bite the bullet, make a choice, pick a side. You know, look, I, I have, I'm not ashamed or embarrassed of any choice I've ever made in an election. You shouldn't be either. Well, as long as you don't do something stupid. But yes, I mean, voting for Democrat or Republican a lot of times means voting for a compromised candidate. Yes, but. You know, welcome to real world. That's life as a grown-up. Yeah, gotta make compromise choices a whole lot of times. And election day will be no different. So with that, we're almost done. And be back after this.
you better stand clear. EPMD is a world premiere. From New York straight talk, America's best. Cold Wild Long Island is where we rest. The style of the rap makes your hands clap. Take care of yourself because the lines are strapped. They mean business, no time for play. If you buy a line, they're on your way. The more you bite, your body gets hot. Don't get too close because you might get shot. No one out my mom like a pointless rat. Don't play dumb, boy, you're smarter than that. All right, uh, that's gonna be for this week. And what you're hearing in the background is I got Fall Guys going on, and I've gotten addicted to that just like a lot of other people. And I can tell you that it's. You know, I, it, it, this game, I love playing it. It's very addictive, but it will make you fire off a whole lot of F-bombs at your television. Okay, <laughs> and let me tell you, I, um, you know, I'm not normally a particularly profane person, but this game has <laughs> reawakened that part of me. But it is fun, <laughs> for what it's worth. So if, um, look, if, <laughs> I recommend it. it, it's a good time. <laughs> but, um, look, this week, I know I went heavy on politics, and that's because, well, you know, we're 20-some days away from the election, and this is... Look, every 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 four years they tell you this is the most important election of our lives. But in this case, it really is true. So I felt like I just had to talk about a lot of this stuff because unfortunately there are a lot of people just spouting nonsense. And you know many of whom think that they're that they're really telling you something and they're not. Alright. So I just felt it was important to just talk about it and, you know, say some stuff that will help and not just, you know, run off with the mouth like some people do. So, you know, look, look, depending on what happens in the next few weeks, I'll probably revisit the subject and, you know, yeah, we'll see. I mean, because there's, there's more stuff that needs to be explained and talked about. So I hope you found it informative at least. You know. And that being said, uh, I won't do a real long exit this week. But. You know, we are still in the middle of a pandemic here, folks. And, you know, the president tested positive. Like, over 20-some people who work in the White House have tested positive. There are people who don't even want to set foot in the White House right now because it, it, they're, they're afraid of getting infected because there's so many people who've been infected around there. And, you know, it's... Don't be reckless. Don't be stupid. Okay, I don't care 
whether they've opened your state back up or not. Okay, use some common sense. All right. Again, this airborne virus. Okay, so you need to cover your face. That shouldn't be political. That shouldn't be Democrat or Republican. That shouldn't be red state, blue state. Okay. Unfortunately, it has become that, but it should not be that. It's common sense. Basic science. Okay. And that's all there is to it. And I'm not going to entertain any debate or argument on that. I will just call you stupid. Now. <laughs> with that being said. Um, I will close out like I always do. You know. Don't go anywhere you don't have to. Especially now. When you do go out, you know, stay safe as you can. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. God bless you guys. Talk to you next week. And EPMD will take us home. The master, the overlordian, playing MCs like an old accordion. I get the inspiration from a necessary station. I'm saying I was vacationing. You can't quote with your weaker throat. Trying to sneak a peek at how I freak the notes. Major MCs become minor B flats. So retire the mic. Get your chains in your bats. Here's your chance to advance. Get in your stance. I shoot the holster off your cowboy pants. Pure entertainment. Tonight's your arraignment. You're guilty. Face down on the pavement. No holes barred. It's time to get scarred. You and your squad better praise the real God. The Undertaker. Drop the thunder on fakers. When it comes to lyrics, I'm as freaky as Satan. So lay the mic down slow and careful Cause mine is fully loaded and I got another handful Equipped to slip it and start ripping Diving and dipping and giving punks a whipping Just in case you wanna go a few rounds or so I'm down so that's clowns or no Me getting burnt to hurt won't be tolerated I got rhymes up the huh, forget it I'm constipated L. Slow down baby uh, Slow down baby Slow down baby when I come around, homeboy, watch a nugget. I master on the beat down, my style's rugged. When I attack the microphone, close the zone. Rap scenes, danger, can't roam. Security's packed in wall to wall, can't fall. A rap tank is full, so I can't store. A microphone is filled with premium. Any whack MC, the flexes, I'm creaming them. Not with lotion, bust the motion. Flotation, when I rock on the mic, I'm like coasting. I'm unique fatigue, at my peak, you still seek a style, cause yours extra weak. New method, to rip the stage of my A's and get loose and kick like Bruce in a Raise them on the rim. Slow down, baby. 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 Slow down, baby.